finish my term as leader and I'm going to finish my senator. 93.3 and AM 560. KWTO. This is the Elijah Har Show. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at 933KWTO on the 933 mobile app. Let's get biblical. Here's Bruce the Theologian on the Elijah Har Show. Welcome back to KWTO. Working out our new sounder for Bruce, who is back from the country of Israel. Welcome back to the States. How you doing? I am good. All right. Wanted to jump in because. Actually, you know what? We, we started a new process on the show. We asked the question of the day first. Okay. Question of the day today, taking out Jesus of Nazareth, who is the most irreplaceable person in history? Hmm. Bruce the theologian. The most irreplaceable <laughs> person in history. It would, um, it would have to, you probably have to say it's the Apostle Paul. I figured that's what, I, I, I think be, I predicted that would be your Yeah, I your think pick. when you asked me, um, Months ago now, um, who would you want to spend an afternoon with? I think I said of the Apostle Paul. He did. Mm-hmm. But I would say um, you couldn't really replace him because he wrote so much of the New Testament. Yeah. And so much of Western uh, Judeo-Christian culture comes from his writings. So Okay, you just got back from a few days over in the Holy Lands. And yeah. we'll talk about some of the things you saw and experienced. But the question I have for you is historically... Uh, we as a country, we've got sort of an isolationist streak and it's always like, don't, we don't need to be messing around other people's business. We don't need to be the world's policeman, but every politician always says we have to defend Israel. Mm -hmm. And I know there's some, what's, what's the, the, the historical thing is they were God's chosen people, Mm -hmm. but does that still apply? Is that, is there some biblical reason that we as a country should defend Israel? Is that in the Bible? Well, I don't think it's directly in the Bible. I think there's a couple of factors there. One is that Israel is surrounded by Muslim countries. So, um, and they are a democracy. Um, so America wants a, a democratic, uh, non-Muslim friend or non-fundamentalist friend in the area. That's one reason. I think the other factor is the amount of money uh, from the American Jewish community that supports both Republicans and Democrats um, to, to, um, to lobby on the behalf and I think that's America probably has at least a hundred years of, of of direct support for for the Israeli state. If if America was to have a president that did not defend the Jews, do you think in some way we would lose God's favor? Um, I'd be I'd be open to that. Um, it depends on what the Jews are doing. Um, um, I, I think there's probably um, some things that have happened in the last fifty sixty years that uh, the Jewish state has done. That the bulk, well, the bulk of the West has not supported some of their uh, reactions to some of the uh, the Palestinian attacks that have come on them. There's been, let's say, um, a couple people killed in uh, in in Jerusalem um, from, a, like, say, a rocket attack, and then uh, the Israeli military will respond and they'll kill 500 people. So that's a, that's an ethical. There's a, there's a an ethical issue there with re, is the response at times been too strong. I think that's a, a debate to have and a question to, to have. But it is obviously the right of any independent state to defend themselves, and, and that's what the, uh, the Israelis do. And, and that's why Jerusalem, um, or you can see that Jerusalem is a very controversial place to visit, and you get to see that the Muslims, the Christians, and the, um, and the, Muslim, uh, and the Jewish community kind of coexisting in, in a city that has uh, been controversial for 3,000 years. And you just experienced this. You, tell us a little bit about your experience 
you know, you were showing me videos before we got on of the Wailing Wall, and as you mm-hmm. said, Jews and Muslims all in one area, mm-hmm. packed tightly. Obvious tension there. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the Wailing Wall, or the Western Wall, is one of the retaining walls. Uh, it's believed to be of, of the Temple Mount. Uh, well, it is the retaining wall of the Temple Mount, but the, the question is whether the Temple was really there. And I, we think archaeology would suggest that it is, historically. Um, but, yeah, so you have the, the, the Wailing Wall, the Western Wall, where uh, Jews uh, uh, go to, to pray, and you see them putting the scriptures in the walls, and they wear their phylacteries on their head, and, and, the, and the, um, you see your Hasidic Jews and your Orthodox Jews and, and others, and a lot of tourists. Um, and then you have the Dome of the Rock just above that, uh, the Temple Mount, where the, the Muslims control that area. The interesting thing is, though, is that... Um, um, Christians and and, um, and Jews have very uh, restricted access into the Dome of the Rock, where there, there's a Muslim shrine that's been there since the year 700 and something. They claim that uh, the Muslims claim that because they believe that's where Muhammad um, uh, rode a horse up into heaven in the in the 500s, I think, uh, five or six hundreds. Uh, and there's been a a, a structure there um, on the on the the Temple Mount where the Dome of the Rock is since that time. So that's one of the oldest um, continuing uh, buildings in, in, in Jerusalem. Um, but as far as restricted access that I'd mentioned, there's uh, 10 entrances into the Dome of the Rock, and Christians and Jews can only go through one of the entrances. Wow. Um, and um, also in restricted hours, they can only go in there from, it changes with the seasons, but it's like from 8.30 to 10.30, and then it, they break for lunch or what have you, and then you can go back in from, noon to two or something like that um and they they won't let you take a bible in they won't let the jews go in and pray on the on the complex of the temple mount uh, i uh i actually smuggled my bible in inadvertently because i keep a, a new, <laughs> i keep a new testament inside the the lining a small leather new testament inside the lining of my uh, shoulder bag and when i went through security they didn't catch it but i didn't realize exactly that i'd um, flouted the rules there but um but yeah the muslims restrict what goes on there um w- when we were up there myself and my wife were up there there was a couple taking a, a selfie and they put their arms around each other and one of the muslim uh, i don't know it was a cleric or not but one of the muslims said hey this is a holy site you can't do that so Whoa. they they're very restrictive when you when you go up there you uh, if you're not that i was wearing shorts but if you're, a guy's wearing shorts you have to put effectively a, a skirt on because hmm. you have to cover your legs women have to cover their shoulders so, I mean, it's the third holiest site in, in the Muslim faith. Um, and, um, yeah, they, they try to coexist uh, with the Jewish community there. But from what I understand, the Dome of the Rock area has become more and more restrictive um, in the direction of Muslims being more restrictive, I should say, um, with Christians and um, Jews entering the, the complex over the years. What's what's the safety factor like in 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 a city like that? Um, as, far as, as far as tourists walking around? Yeah, like for you, you land at the airport, are there guards walking around machine yeah, guns? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. That's what everybody said. Yeah. and I'm like, do you just get off and be like, what did I walk into? No, I, I've I've been to Russia before and other third world countries, and it's it's commonplace to see people with machine guns or, or kind of a police state. Um, of course, in in Israel, you have uh, the the um, young adults are required to do two years of national service. So I think what shocked my and I've seen this kind of stuff before. But what shocked my wife was that you would see a, um, you know a young college age girl made up like she was going out for a night on the town with her police uniform on her military regalia on and a machine gun around her neck. Hmm. So it's interesting seeing young, you know, uh, 20-something Israelis all over the city with their with their machine guns. Um, and but, it's funny you yeah. mentioned that. They're, they're, in Israel, correct me if I'm wrong, 
all their youth have to do time in the military. I, I believe right? it's two years of national service as a minimum. And it's both men and women. Correct. Mm-hmm. And it, it's interesting because they're very progressive on that, uh, more so than in a lot of other areas, but it seems to have worked well for them. Yeah, I mean, the, the, you have to understand with their history, they, they have been a nation um, – um, in a, in, 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 surrounded by Muslim countries, so they, there's a there's a nervousness on their part, and they the, the government there feels there there's a requirement of all Israeli citizens to serve, whether it be male or female. How many days were you there? I was there for five days. In the five days, what was the thing that you most wanted to do, or what was the best thing that you did? The best thing we did. Um, You've never been before, correct? I've, correct, I've not been to. Uh, well, and, and primarily that time was in Jerusalem. We did go on a day trip to to Nazareth to Galilee to um, Nazareth, Galilee, and um, the town of Capernaum, where Jesus performed many miracles in Capernaum. Um, so that was a one-day trip, and the, the other four days were in Jerusalem proper. We stayed in Jerusalem in the Old City. So the, the, um, the, the bright side of that is if you stay in the Old City, you can basically walk to all the major sites. The, the sites to, to see, the historical sites to see, are all within, they're all within a 20-minute walk of where we were staying. Um, Highlights. I would say the um, the Mount of Olives and the Garden of Gethsemane. That you can. I mean, you can get your Bible out and you can read. You know, from hmm. uh, I think it's uh, John uh, John seventeen is the, the the high priestly prayer that Jesus uh, gives, um, and then to kind of follow the, Jesus's trail. So Jesus is there in Gethsemane and the Mount of Olives. Uh, Gethsemane is a is a, a base garden at the Mount of Olives, and then. Um, uh, the Roman, the Romans come up and get him, uh, or actually the Romans don't come and get that, but they may have been there. But the um, uh, he's basically taken by the Sanhedrin to Caiaphas's house. He goes down into the Kidron Valley. We walk down into the Kidron Valley where they even have Absalom's tomb is in the Kidron Valley, and then we went up to what is believed to be the site of Caiaphas's house, um, and get to go in there and see the dungeons and stuff that are in in, in this house. And if it, if indeed it wasn't Caiaphas's house. They have excavated it to the point where they've proven that this was a dungeon from the time of, of Jesus's life. That's another question I have. You know, some of those places you say it with authority. We went to the Mount of Olives. Some of these places, you, I think, did you say there's a discrepancy on which one they think was the 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 tomb of Jesus? Yes, the tomb of Jesus. That's that's a that's a two a two a two part question. In the sense that um, there's the Church of the Holy Sepulcher that has been there since the fourth century. The uh, the Byzantines uh, got there in the fourth century, and in coordination or or with understanding from the early Christian church, they cited that this was the place of the uh, of the um, of the 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 crucifixion of Jesus. They claim that the Golgotha is there, the place of the cross or the place of the skull. Um, you can actually go into the Church of the Holy Sepulcher, put your hand down into a small hole, and touch the rock that they claim. Um, that uh, Jesus was crucified on. Then you go down a set of stairs and you go to the tomb, what they claim is the tomb of Jesus. And that set up there at the Church of the Holy Sepulchre has been there since the 4th century. In the 1800s, Protestant uh, archaeologists found what they believe to be the site of uh, Golgotha, the place of the skull, the place of the cross, uh, and what's known as the garden tomb. And that's been the case since the the 1800s. We visited both of those sites, both the Church of the Holy Sepulchre and the garden tomb. Um, so yeah, I mean, the, the, you know, the Catholic Church has a has a tradition um, of of pilgrimage. So another interesting thing that was there, which is understandable, is there was a lot of Catholics there on going on what is known as the Via della Rosa, which is the Stations of the Cross. Um, we went um, we went into the upper room, which is claimed to be the place where the Last Supper took place. Um, 
we went to a place called the Pool of Siloam, which is in the Bible. They're, they're doing a big dig right now at the Pool of Siloam. Um, so, so some of these sites are, are disputed and some are not really disputed. It's like, this is the place. Uh, the Pool of Siloam has a pretty high likelihood that is the Pool of Siloam. Some of them are more tradition as opposed to an archaeological site. So, you know, obviously there's, there's discussions by atheists, agnostics, whatever. Well, the Bible, uh, how much stock do you put in it? But it's interesting because some of these places you go, there seems to be no historical dispute these places existed. Mm-hmm. Is there a historical dispute about Jesus? Uh, there's a his- historical dispute, um, but there's really not historical disputes about the person of Jesus. That there was, a person and that's what Jesus. I'm asking. Yeah. I, obviously, there's a debate about whether or not he was the Christ. Yeah, but is there a historical dispute that he actually existed and walked and was in these places at these times? Uh, amongst both atheistic and uh, Christian scholarship, there really isn't a dispute that he was the person that existed and did what he did, because there's too many secular records of Jesus's activities. Um, um, Josephus is one of the main sources, secular sources for that. Um, so no, I, there isn't really a disputation with regards to the person. Jesus lived in, he was born in Bethlehem, uh, lived his life in Nazareth, had a, a ministry of sorts in Capernaum, uh, and also uh, spent a great deal of time in Jerusalem. Uh, these places where there's disputes about, did you, when you're there, do you go to both of them? Do you, you know, how do you, how do you decide? Which yeah. I mean, probably the one that, that's disputed in the sense that there's two sites cited is the Church of the Holy Sepulchre where the, the, the Catholic Church and the Byzantine Church or the, the Orthodox Church claims that the, the crucifixion took place as well as the burial site of Jesus. And then also, the, as I mentioned, the garden tomb and, and Golgotha, the place of the skull where it's believed Calvary uh, is for the, on the Protestant side. Um, the other ones, there really isn't, there's not two Caiaphas's house and there's not two Mount Zion's or two Absalom tomb or there's, there's the, those, that's the one that really comes up that says, well, there's, there's two claimed uh, claimed locations that are popular. I'm sure there are in, in in the world of biblical archaeology. I'm sure there's other claims. When you go to a city like Capernaum, what's the what's the attraction there? What's the thing you want to see? Um, the Sea of Galilee is there. It's it's a, it's a small town on the Sea of Galilee. Um, there we got to see Peter's mother-in-law's house that is referenced in the scriptures, um, and it's the site of of, of multiple of Jesus' miracles. Um, um, the, there's the um, I'm trying to think in Capernaum. You've got the um, I think my my uh, miracles listed in Capernaum. Um, there's the oh, so where G, where Jesus uh, the the story where um, uh, the, Jesus tells the the disciples to throw their net on the other side of the boat and they bring in a huge haul of fish. Um, it's where Jesus heals um, the paralytic. Uh, he also heals Jairus's daughter. Um, the feeding of the five thousand is in that region as well. Um, so yeah, um, and there's another thing that I, I forgot to mention is on these on these historical sites that that, that have been there since the, uh, the the early Christians claimed that that was the location. What happened is because Jerusalem has had so much turnover over years with regards to conquests and new new groups coming in, is in in a lot of these cases you'll have four you'll have four sites. There's one site with four eras. So let's say the tomb or not the tomb, the house of Mary. There's the Church of the um, Assumption. In uh, um, in Nazareth, you'll have what is claimed to be Mary's house. Then you'll have the Byzantines will create a monument there. Then they're overthrown, and then the Crusaders come and put a monument there. And now the Catholic Church has a monument there. But each, all four levels have been preserved. So that's interesting to see that the hist- you see the history because you're like, well, at least four groups have believed that there's something special happened here. So that gives it, it lends a deal of a great deal of legitimacy to the sites as well. Uh, one of the things you hear a lot. People go over there. They want to be baptized over there. Mm-hmm. 
is is that more just because they're in the Holy Lands, or or is there some sort of special blessing that comes from that? Yeah, I think there's a sense of novelty in that. We did go down to the Jordan River and saw um, uh, pilgrims being baptized. I was going to say, th- yep. there's probably just all the time people being, yeah, being baptized. Th- though, thankfully, we were there during the, the, the low season as far as tourism is concerned. So when we were down at the River Jordan, which is a, a, a this area of the River Jordan, is part of um, a, a baptismal site for a tourist. There was very few people down there. But apparently, from what I saw from the pictures, there can be hundreds of people down there during the, the high season when there's a lot of tourists there. Yeah. Um, I've never been. Uh, my parents have never been. Uh, for a long time, I didn't care about going. Lately, I've been like, oh, now I think I'd like to go. Mm-hmm. Worth going? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, we, we did it somewhat on the cheap. We didn't, uh, we didn't have a tour group with us or anything. Um, but basically, you, you write all your sites down that you want to go to, and you pull your phone out, and you use Google Maps. Um, the advantage, there's disadvantages and advantages. Uh, the advantage would be that if you like a site and you're not with a tour group, you can just return to it. So there was a couple of places that we went back to multiple. I went to the Wailing Wall probably five times. Hmm. Um, that said, just the, to observe or to pray to observe, there. It, it was different, different times a day, but also that where the Wailing Wall is, that's how you get access uh, for Protestants or for, I should say, for Jews and Christians. The only way to get to the Dome of the Rock is via the Wailing Wall because that's the one entrance that they allow you to go through. Um, and there was also uh, the, where we were staying in the old city, we would cut through the Wailing Wall area to get through to other parts. It was kind of a shortcut. So that's why we went uh, through uh, you know, multiple times. Um, but yeah, you really, especially with things like Google Maps now on your phone, you can kind of do a self-guided tour. Um, you write your sites down and, and you put, and you can do the research on the front end. You can watch YouTube videos or, or stuff online or read books about the places um and then go to them yourself so you can you can do a self-guided tour and and i mean I, we would have liked to have been there probably three or four more days to, to mm. kind of take more stuff in and there's a few places that we missed but we the, certainly I, I went to all the places that um that i wanted to go to um, so it yeah. seems inconsequential or insignificant but uh what's the food like in israel is it good excellent excellent That's, I, yes. i've universally heard that it's it's yes. so good my, my wife is a foodie so uh, i just follow her lead um <laughs> there was one that one little street cafe that had like four or five tables outside we ate there three times oh man so um they have falafel and uh and uh pizza bread they they grow all their um and, and hummus hummus is a big one there um but because israel grows its own food there is kind of a farm to table kind of sensibility mm, because mm-hmm. everything is very fresh. And I don't, I always joke with my wife, I have the palate of a goat, but, um, my wife has a very refined palate and she knows her food. And, uh, the, the fact that we went to one place three times was, uh, uh, was impressive to me that she would like a place to go to, to, go to a place that many times, uh, over the course of just a few days. But yeah, the food is, the food is excellent. It's excellent food. Uh, obviously a lot of people there, they go there as a pilgrimage. It's the mm-hmm. Holy Land. Mm-hmm. Do, you know, I don't know if you strike up conversations with people that are there, but did, how many of them, if you do, do, do theological issues come up? Is that is that um, a source of conversation? Or yeah, that that can be. I didn't really have any conversations with many people outside of there with my wife, and some of the that you maybe interact with a tour guide now and again inadvertently, uh, which we did when we were at Caiaphas's house. Um, but no, I mean, it's understood that the Catholics are there for a pilgrimage. So you would go down the Via Della Rosa, which is the Stations of the Cross, and the Catholics, some of the Catholics have an actual cross on them. They're carrying a oh, cross that's maybe, you know, six feet tall, and it's over the shoulder, and they're going to the Stations hmm. of the Cross. You know, Protestants don't, that's not uh, what what we think is necessary. Um but you kind of, you know, um, you kind of coexist with people. There's a lot of um, South American and Mexican Protestants, uh, uh, Catholics there, 
and then um, a lot of Asian um, Catholics were there as well. But you could you could kind of determine who were the Catholics and who were the uh, Protestants in a lot of cases because the Catholics would you know kiss the stone and they would you know they were having a different moment than the Protestants were. That was there was more of a um, uh, 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 for the Protestants, there was a less interest in the physical place as opposed to where the Catholics want to touch the stone of where they say this happened. Uh, because for many of them, it is part of the pilgrimage. When we went down to the Jordan River, um, uh, they would sell uh, bottles of water to the, of the Jordan River to the, the Catholic people there. I mean, there's, there's a lot of novelty, you know, trinkets that they sell. For sure. Um, but yeah, the Catholics are there on, on a pilgrimage. I'm not Catholic. I, I know I know many Catholics. Um, and I and I'll interact with some Catholics in the next week or two that will be you know interested to hear about my time there. Um, but because it's on the broader scale of Christianity, you're going to see Catholics and Protestants going to a lot of the same sites. But I think the the, the Catholic community is going to place a bit more weight on the physical location, whereas the Protestants may say, well, we're in the general region, but we're not concerned with the, the necessarily the stone that this happened on or what have you. But yeah. We're going to have to break here. We're going to, you're going to be back again next week. We can talk to you about the conference in London. Yeah, I went to a conference in London, the Ligonier um, Pilgrims in Exile Conference in London. It was very, very productive and, and, and very enjoyable to go to. Bruce, thanks for giving us a sort of a recap of, of, of Israel. Mm, thank you. All right. We'll be right back. More to come on the show. Stick around. Skill to understand 